Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Love Advice with Leanne. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, hi, Leanne. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Why, in your professional opinion, do you never take my calls off the air? Is this Carl? Yep, it's Carl. I mean, we had a few dates. Everything was great, I thought. Uh... Well, you know, when you switch to GEICO, you could save a lot of money on car insurance. Okay, awesome. You should call them. I will. GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Blog Talk Radio. Happy spring, you guys. This is Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I am Darren Noel. And we are back from three weeks of spring break. Hello. With Relationship Wednesdays, and we are all fired up about helping you save, thrive, and be healthy in your relationship. And we are live and direct. All right. So um, I run a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois, and I am a clinician. I work with individuals, groups, organizations, and um, all manner of people in changing their lives and helping to empower people so that they can have the life that they've always dreamt about. Absolutely. My background is in corporate America. And here at New Orleans Institute, I work on resume consults, mock interviews, and life coaching. All right, some things to remember. Our call-in number, if you have questions or comments tonight, the call-in number is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. And if we don't address your issue this evening and you want to make an appointment, be it uh, telephonic or in person, to see either one of us or any of the clinicians that we have here, the telephone number for our office is 630-428-2344. But again, for tonight, the call in is 323-693-3835. So tonight's topic is spring cleaning, how to get rid of the messiness in your relationship. And um, let me give you a little bit of background about what I'm talking about. One of the things that happens a lot in the counseling that I do, whether it's individual counseling or couples counseling or family therapy, is I tend to hear people that have a lot of Um, recurring themes in their relationships that make their relationships difficult, tough to deal with, messy, constant breakups, arguments, or spells where people just aren't speaking to one another. And all of these things damage the long-term health of a relationship, whether it's your mom that you're not speaking to or your husband or your boyfriend or your fiancé or your soon-to-be fiancé. We've got to learn how to get the messiness out of our relationship so we can go about the business of being happy. Right. You know, we can get so busy in our lives or even uh, too busy to address these issues in the relationships, or maybe we're afraid to put confrontation. Don't really want to address them, okay? Mm-hmm. So just let these things linger and fester, and then all of a sudden you have a big blow up versus, you know what, we need to address these issues. we got some issues we need to address in the relationship. Let's sit down and just address them. Absolutely. You know? and, and messiness can look different in every relationship. It can be drama. The drama of um, constant arguing, constant uh, breakups, constant insecurities. It can be searching through somebody's Facebook, text messages, cell phone, emails, bag when they come home from work or school, all of those different things, getting a private eye to follow them around, all that messiness. Lack of trust, lack of communication, you know, things that you just, you know, the the health in the room, you're just not having that conversation, uh, hurt from the past, but you're not addressing it, feelings that are hurt. But, you know, you're not bringing it up to your partner and letting them know that you have been hurt and it still has not healed yet, things of that nature. Or you can love them to pieces, but they're just not uh, financially responsible, so you're constantly yelling and screaming about money or um, taking pin codes from them, him or her, 
and all those kinds of things. Or maybe it's your kids and you're constantly yelling and screaming at them and we're, we're not getting to what the intent of the conversations are. So today we're going to focus on intimate relationships. I mean, you can have mess in any form of your relationship, but today we're going to focus on focus on husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, committed relationships, and how to how to what things the mistakes that come into them that usually end up ruining the relationship. Yeah, we we'll start off with Women's Day article has eight common relationship mistakes. Uh, the first one to talk about is really trying to change your partner. Okay, we have to come to that realization because we can't change anybody. Really. They've got to want to change themselves. We can uh, bring up our issues and our concerns to them, but they've got to decide to, to make the change on our own. Mm-hmm. We can't change anybody or force anybody to change. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think that's a common mistake people make. They think they can change their partner. Now, let me give you an example of how that, that can be met. You um, and Susie Snowflake are going out on a date. You like Susie Snowflake. You think she's pretty. You, don't, you think she's great in bed. You want to spend the rest of your life with her, but you don't like the way she dresses. So before you go out on a date, you say, listen, Susie Snowflake. I want you to look different than what you look like now. I want you to wear a different outfit. I know that outfit was great when I met you, but I, I think my friends wouldn't understand it, so I don't want you to wear the cutoff shorts, or I don't want you to wear the suit or whatever it is that you wear. I want you to look different. And then you spend the whole night out on the date going, oh, no, no, that's not what she meant, or no, no, Susie, I'll answer the question for you. That's a messy relationship. Because you're teaching her that just as she is isn't good enough to be in a relationship with you. Good point. Or I say, you know, you, you want your guy to be GQ. He's always dressed to, to the nine. But that's not him. That's not who he is. He's more of a casual dresser. And guess what? That's who he is. That's who he is as a person. You know, he may be able to, okay, because uh, he appreciates relationship, he can dress up for a big occasion. But on a, on a day-to-day basis, that's not who he is. And you get, someone can be able to say, well, if you love me, you'll change and become this person who I want you to be. No, that's not who I am. It's the kind of I love you. You're great, now change. Exactly. Routine. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, number number two mistake they talk about here. Feeling like you're a failure in your relationships, okay? Always uh, doubting yourself, expecting bad things to happen, so you're always uh, almost setting yourself up for failure, okay? You should have high expectations, kind of put the past in the past, and this is a separate relationship, and kind of deal with that in that situation. So let me give you an example of that that I see. I'm just giving you examples of people that, you know, that I've heard tell me that you know, these are issues for me. Here's an example of feeling like a failure. Um, you go out and get a brand-new car. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you come home with a brand-new car, and you go, babe, I just got a brand-new Audi, and I think that my Audi is, like, great and the best thing ever, and I, I really want you to take a ride in it and kind of see, kind of see what it's made of. And she says, we didn't pay the mortgage, but you went out and got an Audi. And then you say, I'm never good enough. You know what? I'm a failure. I never do exactly what you want me to do. And you know what? I don't know if I can handle it. So, like, you know what? It's over. <laughs> instead of saying instead of saying I'm a failure, you might want to say, you know, I didn't even think about it. I should have right. said that we were kind of going to do that. I, I'm sorry, Dave. How can we manage the situation? But I appreciate for bringing that to my attention. You know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. We, I, we do need to get some priorities straight here. Right. Right. That would be the maybe ideal situation there. Mm-hmm. Okay? But great point. Great example there. Okay? Number three. Okay? Uh, some people believe that they're not good enough to keep the person's love. You know, they think they kind of married too far up. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they think no matter what, their person's eventually going to leave them because they're going to find a fault in who they are. It's kind of like you're the most self-image, right? Mm-hmm. So someone's like, I'm not really good enough to keep this person loving me. Okay? And they almost set themselves up for the failure. They're expecting the person to break up with them, expecting mm-hmm. them to leave them. 
because they don't feel that they're good enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the reason that that's messy and causes problems is because there's a belief there that you can actually make somebody love you. I mean, either they love you or they don't. Right. So then are you really just putting up a facade of who you are so you're always on eggshells and you're tense and, and, and it's stressful because you think if I'm really going to be who I am, the person's not going to love me anymore. So that's something to kind of look into. Mm-hmm. See, is, are you really being who you are? Absolutely. Okay, and if you are being who you are and they decide to love you, then be who you are and mm-hmm. they do love you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Number four, uh, reje- this is an interesting one, rejecting your partner so they can't do it to you first. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because you think the person is going to reject you, so you're always on the uh, offensive side. Okay? I'm going to reject this person. I'm going to um, point something out to them before they can point something out to me. Or I'm going to uh, offend, almost offend them before they can offend me or hurt their feelings before they can hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Things of that nature. That can get kind of messy. You know, one of that's what I call the serial breakup artist. That that person that in a relationship you end it before it's over. You threaten. You know what? I'm just gonna divorce. You know what? If you don't, if you know what? I'll make it easier. I'll get a divorce. Right, other person. Like, what are you talking? About? We're just having a conversation about oh, one particular incident. We want to work through. But that person's like, nope. So. Or you're having a fight and you start packing your bag. You know what? I'm packing my bag. I, I'm moving out. You know, I hate that you can't take me for who I am, so I'm just going to pack up my stuff and I'm just going to go. As opposed to saying, how do we neutralize the situation? What can we do together to make it better? Great. Absolutely. That's ideally what you want to do. You know what? This is just one incident we have. Let's work together as a team. Let's mm-hmm. see if we can figure out what we need to do. And a lot of these problems that we're talking about right here happen because people don't really realize that relationships take work. Communication is work. Talking about what's going on your own in your life is work. Keeping a stable mood is effort and work. Knowing that you're not going to always get your way is work. Figuring out how to compromise, that takes effort and work. Absolutely. So a lot of people want to pack up because they feel like a relationship shouldn't be this hard, Dr. Noel. We should be able to, like, never, ever have an argument. That, you know, that's what I think like, we did talk about that a number of weeks ago, but that fairy tale type romance mm-hmm. that, you know, with the idea everybody's happy all the time. We come in the house, everybody's singing. No one ever had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Flowers everywhere, the music playing. Oh, well, the hills aren't long. <laughs> you know, you know, but we love each other. We should, that's not the case. Because you have two separate people yes. being together, and that's even true. Let's say it's not your husband or your lover or your boyfriend. Let's say it's your best friend, and you guys have two different ideas about what you're going to do Saturday night, and she thinks. Hey, girl, I thought you said we were going to hang out at the club. And the other one says, I thought we were going to prayer meeting. Well, I don't know. Should you beat each other up, you know, rip out each other's hair, or do you say, you know what, I'm sorry, I didn't communicate that well. I, I, you know, I agreed right. to be with you this evening, so I'll go ahead and, and I'll compromise that. Or do you say, hey, you know what, what I've already made arrangements to go to church meeting. You've already made arrangements to go to the club. Why don't we hook up next week? Why don't we, well, let me, let me hook up. I'm from the 80s. Hook up <laughs> means why don't we Get talk together. again next week. Hook up now means why don't we get it in, but I'm talking about why don't we just talk about it again next week. Like learning to mature in your relationship so everything doesn't have to be a fight and an argument. Great point. Great point. Speaking about that, that goes right to the next one that I want to point out on this one is being addicted to fighting. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, I've seen that. You've probably seen that. I'm sure you've seen it already, Dr. Noel. But couples just like, they like, you know, get around them. You can have friends that are, that are couples like that. You know, I really don't want to be around that couple. When they get together, because they're always fighting, always bickering. I dated this guy. We didn't even date. I was friends with this guy that wanted to date me, but he was kind of awkward. I mean, I guess I didn't see it then, but I see it now. And we were at the mall one day, and I'm walking to the mall, and I'm getting something. 
he turns around and starts yelling at me to the top of his lungs, like screaming. Mm. And I'm looking at him like, what are you doing? Like, what is really going on? So I start moonwalking away like Michael Jackson because I'm about to leave. And then he pulls me to the side and says, what's wrong? You know, I like a good fight. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, dude, I am, don't ever call me again. Right. But he was the kind of dude that was like, I just like to argue. It's no big deal. I like to cause a scene so everybody can look at me. And I was like, Seriously? Um, it, some people are like that. So there are people that actually enjoy drama. And let's say it's not your user enjoys the drama or the person you're with who enjoys the drama. Have you ever been to a family function and, like, the aunts and uncles are arguing? Oh, we, oh absolutely. I mean, it's absolutely. like, are you serious? Or at that function, you know, that couple, when that couple comes in. Yeah. The aunt and uncle, they come over. Oh, we have nice, peaceful atmosphere. But they yeah. Come in, and all of a sudden, they're fighting. Talk, uh-huh. Fighting about what's going to be on the TV. Fighting about what food we're going to have. What we're going to go out to. What movie we're going to go to see. I had a I had an aunt and uncle or a family couple. Sorry, right. who um one of them's passed away now, but they fought for like forty years. <laughs> it was like, what are you fighting about now? But it was they, they liked that relationship. Right. Yeah. They liked the drama. That the fighting made them feel like they were in love. And if you're in a messy relationship like that, sometimes you can't see it. But I can guarantee you your friends and family see your messiness. Right. And you'll start to notice when they don't want to be around you. Right. They don't invite you. Right. I mean, you've, I've had situations where you're out with somebody and they, they have a little bit too much to drink and there's always a fight at the end of the party. Yes. You know, are you the friend that always calls in need? We had, Darren and I both had a friend in college that was always calling us to pick him up because his car broke, her office, a car broke down or right. She needed help with her groceries, or that's really messy. Right. Not just once, twice. It's all the time. Right. Dang, it's always an inconvenient time. Like right. you just lay down good. You put your scarf on your head. You take all your makeup off. You kind of relax and you watching Matlock or whatever you watching. <laughs> and then you get a midnight call. Hey, you know this your friend. I hope you can help. It's like that is way too messy. Right. And that kind of person is addicted to all the extra drama. If you find yourself in a position where you are with someone that's addicted to drama, you probably just need to drop them or distance yourself. Clean up that mess. But if you are the person addicted to drama, like you like it, you like to fist fight and fall out. I mean, you like the screaming, the yelling, the, oh, we went to, I went out with someone to see fireworks one time, and somebody was in front of us, and she, like, pushes me into the chick in front of me, and I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to start a fight. Why? Like, Uh Doesn't love doesn't fight. Look at this face. Like, I don't want to hurt this clean skin. Absolutely. absolutely. So so you all have to, if you start to notice that people are messy in your life, if if you're that messy person, you need to ask yourself, what is it about me that attracts drama, and what do I get out of it? What do I need it for? Right. Because people that are addicted to messiness have this need to, like, perform. And they were all eyes on me. I want everybody looking at me. You know, stop what you're doing. On you know, even in, your, in a public place, stop what you're doing with your family and your friends. I want you to look at me. I'm mm-hmm. talking loud. I'm making a scene. Mm-hmm. I want I want the attention for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And if you are an attention junkie, a drama king or queen, it gets old. Grow up, mature up, become a thespian, act on stage, uh, make a film, make it make a debut on YouTube. But your life should not have to be so dramatic all the time. And I think. Part of it is we watch so many dramas on TV, Law and Order, uh, Miami, or it used to be Miami Vice. I'm kind of dating myself, but <laughs> some shows about all the dead people and everything. You want to create that same drama in your life, but that's TV. Your life doesn't have to have that drama. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
That one going to the next a different article. This one is called Fifteen Relationships Fifteen Relationship Mistakes Women Make. Okay, this is on uh yourtango.com. I'm gonna start with this one here that I found interesting. People thinking that their partners must be interested in everything that they do, think or say. Well, I, I believe you should be interested in everything I think, do or say, but that's not real. The reality of it is it's like for example, um Darren and I are one of the things we do as a couple is we'll find a show on like on demand on Netflix or something and watch yeah. like forty episodes of it in a row. Yeah. Um and I've been the one leading up to finding most of the shows. I mean yeah. occasionally they're find a show, but it's kinda of my job to say, Babe, we both like this. And so occasionally I'll find a show that he's like, Oh, okay, yeah, I'm not interested in that show. Right. Or he'll have one where he has to watch what I'm in the shower because it's like I just don't care about it. Right. Now if in my younger days, I probably would have argued about, you know, if you really care about me, you want to watch uh, Younger than the Restless or whatever. But the reality of it is, partner is not always involved in every single thing that you do. Now, let me say this. And that's Think okay. About, what, 90%? Talk about if you're married now. Talk about if you're married. 90% of interesting things that... At least show but, interest. But see, I think it's, it's a, your, your marriage is customizable. If you, like, underwater basket weaving, and I like to crochet, I mean, we don't have to be up under each other all the time. I think as a family we should do things together. But I do think some of the things that make a relationship messy is feeling like you need to be together 24-7 to be happy. Well, I'm saying, so what, I mean, it needs to be, to my, my opinion, closer to like 90% of stuff that you can kind of find interesting. If it's like 50%, I'm a... I love playing basketball. I want to be in the travel league. I want to travel around. And you have no interest in, in basketball at all. But you would think that would come up during the dating thing. If I'm, I'm serious about basketball. But, but Darren, I, but, want to, I want to three days a week in the evening, I want to go out and play basketball. And if you would have no interest in doing that at all, no interest in coming to support me in that or anything like that, or coming to the games or whatever the case may be, that's going to be a little, that's going to be a problem. But see, but that's a different thing. You're saying, there's a difference between interest and showing support. Okay. Well, go, go I mean, explain it. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, I was in the band, and uh, we had to perform at every single football game that the, that the team played. Right. Every game, every time, every week, we had to be on and cute and sexy and funny every single night. And at first, I was not interested in football, but I showed support for the team. I was screaming. I was hollering, what's happening next and what is that? I mean, just because that was a supportive thing to do. Right. Eventually, I developed an interest in now football is my favorite sport, but it took me a while to get there. Okay. I feel like in a marriage, there's times where, for example, um, I don't know. I don't know that there's a lot that I'm interested in that you're not interested in. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, let me try to About 90 to 95%. Oh, okay. I have an example. Um, when we first got married, you used to like to nap a lot, that your hobby was yeah. sleeping. Yeah, I, I, I've never I, I, been interested in that, and I don't even pretend to be interested in that But do you nap more now than when we first got married? Do I nap more now? No, I, I thought just, you appreciate a good nap. <laughs> well, okay, yes, but I'm just saying That's that. Right, but I don't definitely, I don't necessarily, I'm not as interested in napping as right. you are. And guess what? I nap less now. Right. But I don't think there's a 90% rule. So I'm not going to give in to that. I'm just going to say that you all have to be as interested in each other as it takes to keep your relationship happy. I guess I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with there, there being some things that, you know, the person is interested in, and that person, you know what, I'm just not really interested. I'm just really not in, that interested in it. So, you know. So, for example, when you open up a business with, with your partner, I do think that you need to be supportive. Right. Even if you're not interested. So, interested enough to 
tell me your ideas. Let me give you feedback on your ideas. Let's discuss. Let me give you some sort of kind of suggestions versus I don't want to hear anything about what you talk, what you're interested in. Now. Well, you know, I have seen relationships end because person A is really excited about their ice making machine, and that's what right. they do all day. And wife is like, I'm not interested in that. That's what you wanted to do. I don't want to have any part of it. And I've seen relationships break up because one person is like, man, you don't even want to support my dream. That's what I'm saying. You know, but support is different than interest. Darren will say 90% rule. 90% of stuff y'all need to be interested. So Darren says if if you are not at least 90% interested in your stuff, it may be a messy situation. And, again, that's something that you need to discuss with, right. with the person that you're with. Right. Absolutely. So what do okay. you got next on your list? The next one, we got displacing. This is when somebody's, let's say someone ate the leftover dinner, okay, but they say all of a sudden, instead of just being angry about that one incident, about that one situation, they become, oh, there's a, there's a commitment issue. Okay, they, they blow it up to something bigger than it is. They're displacing their anger on one particular issue and making it, um, putting it somewhere else and making a huge issue out of it. That, that can be kind of messy. You know, often the best example I have of displacing is blended families. When um, person A or B has children, the new parent or the step-parent tries to step in and do things, and you get argument, you get feedback and drama from that step-parent or that ultimate parent because they feel like you should suffer for the things that their first spouse or the parent or the the biological parent didn't do. I see a lot of displacement with that. Mm, I see a lot of displacement with, my last boyfriend was mean to me, so now if you even look at me funny, I'm going to devour you because, well, because I don't deserve to be mistreated. And so you now will take the blame for every man that's ever treated me wrong. I see a lot of that going on. Okay. Um, and vice versa, it happens with sure. men towards women. I mean, those are the biggest areas I see displacement. The other one is you had a hard day at work, you know. And the boss screamed at you and yelled at you and told you you were incompetent. And then you come home, you kick the wife, the wife kicks the kid, the kid kicks the dog, the dog runs away. Right. You know, and so we do, I think, as adults have to be really careful that whatever's happening for us personally or that happened before, we try to um, get through or around some of that so we don't take it out on other people. You know, that's, that's a very interesting one. Mitch. From a work day, everyone had a bad day. Everybody could have a bad day at work, a hard day at work. You know, try and leave it at the outside the door before you walk in. If you need to, you know, before you pull in the garage, have a little yelling session in your car because somebody may be upset at work, have a conversation with them. Hey, that made me upset. Even if they're that person who at work is not there, you're just talking to yourself in the car, letting that vent out. You need to send yourself a personal email to get out in writing and send it to yourself. Don't necessarily send it to the person who may be mad, but you need to write it out and send it to yourself. Just let it out before you go into the house and bring it to. So kind of let that stuff bend out before you go into to your house. I'm a big I'm a big person on kind of warning. Sometimes I, I call Darren and say, hey, had a bad day, a lot's going on. I'm super sensitive, so, like, you know, you might want to be careful. Well, you're a very you're an outstanding job of knowing your emotions, outstanding job of that. So you know that. Some people may not, and I, I'm myself probably, don't really know if I'm getting upset or something. You say, Darren. Oh, oh, <laughs> he is so guilty. I'm not. Dude, I'm like, you got an attitude. Ah, attitude. Well, that sounds like an attitude. That sounds like an attitude. Right. You know? So, but also, when you see that the person that you care about is having a bad day and flipping out, step back. You oh, know, there you don't, go. Okay. You don't always have to be, tell me what's going on. I really want to know. <laughs> you can be all the nasty dirty details. I got too upset at work today. Right. You may, you may get vomited on. Right. Relive it. Over right. and over. <laughs> Confess. <laughs> you 
may not want to do that. Right. You know, but then there's some circumstances where, and I get this a lot from ladies, you come home, everybody's working, you come home, you're working with the kids, you're feeding the kids, dad comes home about an hour later, because he walks in the door, you start talking about what's going on in the house, he starts fussing out, I don't even get five minutes to myself, and now you're telling me the problems with the kids, and wife is like, but I need you to be in tune and plugged into the family right now. And that's one of the things that makes relationships messy. People think they have the right to cut on and cut off their role as wife or husband Ooh. whenever they feel like it, like I had a hard day, and so I don't want to be your wife right now. Right, right. It doesn't, it doesn't work, work that way. We are a couple, and we have to do the, the work must be done. Right. So if one of you doesn't do what they're supposed to do, it's still got to get done. So you guys can't plug in and out at liberty. You've got to be plugged in or plugged out. And if you're going to unplug, sometimes I do tell them, man, look, I'm unplugging, I'm, I'm I'm overloaded, I'm tired. And here's what I always say. I need to go for a job. And I put on my running shoes and clothes, and I need to leave for about an hour, run around the block, do my three miles, and I come home and I can breathe. But he understands when I say I need to go for a job, what that means. Right. Now, I don't like it when Darren walks away tries to get some personal time. Personally, um, <laughs> I feel like I have the right to unplug, but he needs to be jacked in at all times. So he has to figure out how he's going to get his time another way. And maybe you have a wife like me who feels like um, the person listening, you may, uh, people listening, you may have a wife like me or husband that has my same mentality that you don't deserve the right to unplug. I kind of feel that way. And so if you've got that kind of a person that you're dealing with, that can be difficult. I will own that it can be difficult to be married to a person of that nature. Then you need to find another way to get what you need. you got to figure out your spouse, right, or your partner, whatever the case may be, if you're dating. you to figure out what, what they mean, their body language, what, when they, what they're saying when they're really not saying it. Oh, okay, this, is, this means it's Sorry, not. Sorry, not mind reading, though. Not, not mind reading. Not but, mind reading. I mean, you know, if, if – if they do something behavior-wise that's consistent, okay, this is this is that person's signal that they're feeling this way. Okay, sort of, but I want to be really careful because I always tell couples, why do, why does your wife have to figure, what does he be feeling? Why do you have to consult the psychic reader to know what your spouse is thinking? I, I agree. That makes stuff messy. And I agree with that. I agree we need to communicate that. But on the opposite side of it, okay, as somebody – who is maybe receiving this body language, you, we still need to work on reading our partner's body language. While our partner is working on communicating, while they're developing themselves and working on their communication, we also need to work on our reading of their uh, their uh, unverbal communication. Their nonverbal. Non-verbal. That's non-verbal. called nonverbal. Thanks, the nonverbal communication. To all of my psychologists listening, it's not an unverbal conversation. Not yeah, I got that facial expression. You looked at me and said, I mean, but I want to be careful that we're not telling people to mind read. I feel no, like I'm that's not, a mistake in a relationship. But catch a clue sometimes. Like, clue. If your husband punches the wall every time he comes through the door, stop standing at the wall and get punched. Hello. You know, learn the verbal kill. When he pulls back his fist, he's, um, he's drawn back enough to hit the wall, right. move away for friends to hit the wall. But also, guys and gals, be able to, I mean, I, I work really hard to be able to announce to people where my emotions are, and I really try to help my clients figure that out, too. What are you feeling, and can you communicate it so that people don't have to always figure out what's going on for you? Right. I, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. But while you're waiting for someone to figure that out, you need to start trying to figure it out yourself or be observant of what the what the person is using with the nonverbal body language. I'm going to say be observant, but I also feel a lot of times that we try to figure other people out and we can misread people. 
people need to to be able to tell their partner what's going on in their life. I mean, I don't I don't get it when people go, well, I just I can't tell her that I'm struggling. Okay, and yes, you should be able to tell that your eyebrow means that you're struggling, and your facial expressions mean. I mean, that would all be great. But you know, everybody's not a Disney Fairyland person; they can't always figure that out. Uh, I agree. I'm just saying, we still need to work on it. Now, note to people, listen, his eyebrows are furled up and his lines <laughs> across his forehead. So he's feeling like, why can't you just go along if with this comment? If we even if we're in a group of people and I make a certain face or a certain body like you can, you all, you get upset. Yeah, something. but I've always told you those facial expressions just make me want to attack. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that sometimes I feel like that I don't, I, it makes me frustrated to have to figure it out. Just sort of tell me what's going on. Do you think yeah. I read that body language? I know you do. Like, what does this mean? No, I'm right. joking. I'm putting that clause. So I okay. get it. I mean, let's not belabor the right, point. Right, I right. get it. We should be looking to see, observing each other's behavior, but we should also be able to say what's going on for us. I agree 100%. 100% agree. Well, we got well, This one is interesting. Waiting for, for ladies, waiting for someone to find us instead of going out and finding someone ourselves. Yeah, so we've only got 90 seconds yeah. left, but I, I sort of disagree with that one. I feel like... I, I still feel like men should pursue women. I'm I'm not yeah. I'm sort of conservative like that, but I do feel like if you're looking for your knight in shining armor, he's not at your house. I mean, if if, I if you know if you're looking for a guy, you've got to sort of be out there where men may be. Right. And do I believe that God can send you a perfect match? Absolutely, but you still need to be in the mix. You know, where's the knight in armor? Knight in shining armors hang out. Right. So right. find out what kind of a person you want. And figure out where they are. I mean, all of the girls that have made uh, a lot of Hollywood girls always figure out how to find a rich man. Oh yeah, they go for rich man, a rich man, basketball right. player, a basketball player, right. football player. All right. They don't go the Jarvis man, and then then the superstar. They go superstar, superstar, billionaire, billionaire, oil baron, oil baron. <laughs> it's like they they got a book on how to, how to get it. So you should figure out at least how to get the guy that you want to get. Good guy, good guy, right? And again, if you're if you're looking for them and you're single, they don't live in your house already. Okay. 